you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to professional dancer Sam Salter. Sam is currently a swan in Matthew Bourne's performance of Swan Lake. Uh, Sam tells us a bit about what it's like being a part of that show, kind of gives us a rundown on the schedule of what it's like being a swan, I guess you could say. Uh, We also talk a bit about Sam's career, we talk a little bit about my career, he throws me some questions too, Um, and it was a pleasure having Sam on the podcast, and thank you to Wilkes Academy for letting us use their college to record the podcast. Here is Sam Salter. Boom. And we're in, motherfucker. <gasps> Are we allowed to swear? Yeah, that's why I start with motherfucker. Oh, really? Yeah, there's no rules here. <laughs> this is like a safe zone. I can relax then. Slash zero fucks given zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the honest cast. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, thank you so much for, after your long, exhausting day, giving up some time for me. I really it's appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I feel like we're in like a classroom. I know. So we're in like a, for those listening, we're at Wilkes Academy. So thanks for them letting us use the space. Yes, shout Stuart, out Stuart, you're my hero. <laughs> and I'm uh, in your drama room, but it feels a bit like a classroom. It's a different setting. Normally I hustle in like a pub or a coffee shop oh, really? or a, a green room in a theatre or something. Yeah. It's occasionally someone's house. Right. I've done a car. Oh, car. Yeah, I did a car podcast, did two of them. One with, you know, Jay Ravel? Yeah. Did his oh, in no his car one. outside base, which oh was, my God. I was like, this is different. Okay. And I didn't have small equipment then. I had big shit. So his car was like, looked like a fucking TV unit or right. something. Right. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. But thank you so much for being here. So you just said you did a podcast yesterday and you've got one tomorrow too. I did. They've all come at once very randomly, but I I love it. It's it's really good fun. What one did you do yesterday? I just did one with a girl from my agency and we were talking about loads of different kinds of things. Oh, sick. Uh, It wasn't very dance-based, so this one would be quite interesting. I've not done a dance-based one yet. And what was tomorrow's? Uh, Same, about life experience and sobriety and things like that. Oh, nice, nice. Deep shit. Yeah, deep, <laughs> deep shit. shit. Are we going to go deep today? I well, don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it takes okay. us. Wherever you want it to go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, you're obviously you're teaching now at Wilkes and stuff. You teach you teach quite a lot, right? Yeah, I um, I cover a lot. I've yeah. had a month off work and I just said to, you know, Johnny and all of those guys that I, I was free and I come in and cover. I've done numbers um, two years in a row now mm-hmm. um, and hopefully doing one next year as well. Uh, and teaching weekly from February. Oh, sick. You'd be teaching here weekly? Yeah. Do you teach it at like a local studio or anything? Like bass um, or? Just cover. I cover at Tiffany. I cover at Erdang. Nice. Um, occasionally cover at bass. I don't have my own class. Uh-huh. Would you ever have your own class? Yeah, but I get a bit nervous with numbers and stuff. I'd rather not stress. It's more stressful. You know, I, I would always yeah. say I'd rather have 40 people come and me not get paid than five people come and me make five pounds, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, completely. I would literally rather make no money and have no that. And have that a good energy. I just have the, the energy that's so much more important to me than making some cash. Yeah, I always get nervous about when you like, say like you teach a pineapple or bass and it's like you get paid on the numbers of how you turn up as opposed to being hired in by a school and mm. you go, this is my fee for the day. Mm-hmm. And it's like, cool, no matter what happens. But yeah. even when sometimes when I teach here, like if everyone's in rehearsals, you get eight, ten people in a class and you're a bit like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, but it can be really nice though. It can be really personal. Can't if it? you have the right eight, ten people. Yeah, that <laughs> work you, hard. If you've got eight, ten people which are thinking, I just want to be a singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you're, you're like, fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. Um, so what you just said, you're taking a, you're on a break from work, I guess. Yes. Uh, what were you doing? I'm doing Swan Lake at the moment. Uh, I've been doing it for over a year now. We started in, we started in August of last year. Uh-huh. Uh, toured the UK, finished up the tour around May time. We had a month off. Um, we then went international, did Japan, China, South Korea, and then we're going to LA next Wednesday. Sick. Yeah, that's and exciting. you know LA. I, I know so LA. We kind of spoke briefly about yeah, each other. Yeah, you can give me some good brunch uh, places, a please. 100%. Crave Cafe. Mm. On the Laurel, I think it's on Laurel Canyon, the other side, but the valley side, just yeah. off Ventura Boulevard. I'm expecting oh. a long list yeah, of I'll brunch. Yeah, shoot you over. It's brunch good. Places. Go, go get chicken and waffles. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't really like it, but everyone kept going, you got to try it. So I did, and I was like, yeah. Not meant to be breakfast for yeah. me. And chicken and waffle doesn't make sense, but I tried it. 
I'm gonna have to watch myself because I'm gonna get big. You know, I'm gonna the, get chunky. It's the portion sizes. You're I like, know. oh, I just have a medium bowl of salad, and it comes in like a fish bowl. Yeah. You're like, fuck, that's like three days worth of food. Yeah. That's three oh lunches. God. I know. But it's good value for money. Mm. <laughs> On the other side. Oh, I just have to take my Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> but be careful of the meat there. The, uh, this is so weird. When I first got there, I found like every time I'd have meat for like the first two months, I'd have the worst stomach ever. Really? Because it's like. It's obviously raised differently here, and I guess ain't nothing being raised in California, mm. so it's getting then like transported to wherever you do it. Whereas mm. I guess here, if you have a chicken, it's probably made down the road in the farm. Mm. You know, there's lots of countryside here. In California, it's so hot, I things get imported. So just the meat felt so rubbery, my stomach couldn't handle it. Well, I think American bacon sucks. People love it, but I think it's so like thin and fatty, and I prefer the English. Like it's more white than it is any other color. I'm like, where's the meat? Yeah, I know. You know All the mean? vegans have like switched off now. They're like, nah. Yeah, they're like, fuck you. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation. Sorry, vegans. <laughs> no, I'm not sorry, vegans. <laughs> anyway, haters gonna hate. <laughs> um, what was it like going to Japan and stuff? Yeah, it was amazing. I'd heard so much about Tokyo and China was challenging. It really was. It was quite because I we had like uh, we had two weeks in Tokyo, then we had a three week holiday, mm-hmm. so it was free. Some people went home, some people stayed out. I went to Bali, which was nice. amazing. So I had a three-week holiday in Bali and then went straight to China. And I was away for like three months and a really far away. I think it was mentally just knowing that I was so far away. Yeah. And China was challenging. Like, you know, I hadn't been um, that far. I've never been that far away for so long. Uh-huh. So I'd actually never been that far away in general to that side of the world. Never been to Asia. Yeah. Furthest I'd gone was Abu Dhabi. Um, but it was an amazing experience. The yeah. traveling, I mean, that's what I was most excited about with the tour. When they showed us the dates and they were like, okay, we're going to LA, we're doing New York. I was like, what? It's like all your dreams come oh, true in one gig. Oh, such a dream, yeah. Right? You get to see all the dopest places in one job. Such a dream come true. Like New York, to get paid to be in New York. Yeah. And LA. It's oh. pretty dope. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, got, I've, I went to New York um, for a show with a young artist called Jackson Guthy. Mm. His parents are like, worth like billions we had like a private jet and everything wow. like it was it was crazy but we went with him and he was uh opening for fifth harmony and sheer lloyd and i remember we did our show in new york and everyone went out after it and i wasn't feeling great so i was like yo i'm not gonna go out and like you're boring and i was like no like we've just got like another three weeks of tour like i, I don't feel well like i'm not risking this shit and mm-hmm. there's only two dancers do you know what I mean so it was just me and another guy dancing so i was like i'm going back to the bus so the bus was in new jersey so i got in the they supported like a cab for us. So I went back to the bus, fell asleep on the tour bus, and then the bus moved and I was just thinking nothing of it. And I woke up at like 5 a.m. or something stupid, and I had like my Welsh boxer shorts on, like proper repping. And I was right. like, I can hear noise. I was like, what the fuck is that noise? So I walked down and I opened the like the curtains for the bus, you know, like the block out all the sound and the light. Yeah. And I opened it and went to the front of the bus and I was in fucking Times Square. What? Yeah, bro. I was like, Whoa! Like, I, can a bus even go through Times Square? Uh, or it was like near, like near, Broadway, like going down. And oh you could just God. see all the lights and everything. It was like five a.m. and That's I was just amazing. like, "Amazing! Fuck! I can barely open my eyes." Because <laughs> it's so alive all the time, yeah. isn't it? This is what I was excited like, What's about. That noise? Why is it so noisy? Mm. You're not meant to hear anything on here. Wow. Went out and I was like, this is dope. That's so cool. I yeah. mean, what a way to see New York. Yeah. Like waking up and like, <laughs> what? Five a.m. and <clears> it's still busy. Yeah. <laughs> no, New York's dope. Yeah. You have a great time. I can't wait. Uh, are you enjoying doing Swan Lake? Yeah, I mean, it's hard work. They um, work us very hard, but that's what makes the show so slick is there's a lot of rehearsals, daily class, it's either contemporary or ballet. So I feel technically, you know, the strongest I've ever been, which is a lovely feeling. Um, you're probably doing it as often as you did in college, I guess. Well, yeah, which, <laughs> um, but you appreciate it more when, you're, when you don't get it all the time. So yeah. I'd had like five years of paying for class and then... Um, yeah, I get free class now, which is pretty amazing. So By some of the best instructors in the world, obviously. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> completely different contemporary to what I do and what I've ever done. Uh-huh. It's really like Cunningham-based. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty great. Cunningham's the one where you sit down quite a lot, right? Yeah. 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 I remember doing that in college and thinking, damn, my hips hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of back stretches, uh, lots of bounces. Yeah. And um, I've really like changed a lot actually as a dancer since joining the company because I was very jazzy before mm-hmm. I went to lanes and you know like a double head was all my thing like a yeah. real sharp head and then now I'm trying to learn to be soft which has been really interesting yeah complete contrast change yeah right. um, 
are you do you find it difficult every day doing like a class and a show oh god it's exhausting because you've done west end work before so you've done like double shows and stuff like that yeah you've done like eight shows a week yeah because with matthew Bourne, you don't do the full eight unless someone is off so what happens is you share roles okay so say there's one role swan eight there's 12 swans 14 swans say swan eight there's three guys that play that one track and they alternate okay therefore you get two or three shows off a week to rest which is amazing that's dope it's such a like a personal highlight um because you need those shows off yeah. i couldn't do eight shows it's kind of like a way of showing respect to your dancers, isn't it? Yeah. Like, as a dancer, if someone goes, I'm not giving you it off because you're shit, mm. or, or you look shit, mm -hmm. I'm giving it so you can be better on the shows mm. you're on, you mm. deserve rest. Yeah. It's a way of showing us respect, I guess. Definitely. <laughs> it's a really kind thing that the company do. Um, but, it's you know, it's also very different because our workload is so much bigger, say, than Wicked. Uh -huh. In Wicked, I think my warm-up started at 6 o'clock. It was 15 minutes, Yeah. 10 minutes singing, and then we'd do the show. With Swan Lake... It, we're usually in from around one, two, an hour class, a little break, rehearsal, notes, then show. What so is your rehearsal? It would just be anything that we need to work on. Oh, so you're not doing like a full show run? Um, and, you know, if someone got injured, which has happened a lot on the tour, people get injured, people, new people come in. It's never a normal week in Swan Lake. There's always <laughs> something. There's something going on. Where, um, yeah, we've got to, you know, work on something. And then how long is your show? It's all Can right. I edit that out? No, <laughs> fuck that. This is real. <laughs> how long is the show? Um, uh, what the, in, the time? Yeah, yeah. Your sh I how long is the show? Act run? one and two is um, one hour. You have a twenty-minute interval. One thing. I think it's about two hours all in all okay. each act. So kind of like a normal. Yeah. A normal show time. Yeah. Um, and what's your load like within the show? Are you on as much as you would be as say when you did Wicked, or is it more intense? A lot more. Yeah, the boys, especially in Swan Lake, uh -huh. it's um, yeah. I mean. Act one and two. So in Swan Lake, you have act one and two, but it's, it's one act. So yeah. whenever I say act one and two, it's the mm -hmm. same um, first act. Um, act one and two is really full on for the swans. Um, and then three and four. Yeah, do you know what the whole thing? Yeah, it's pretty full so on. So act one and two and three and four. So there's four parts. Four acts, but you wouldn't know that. You'd only have two. Okay. Does so that make like, sense? Yeah, so the act one and two is the first half. Act three and four is the second half. Exactly. With an interval. Okay, that right. makes sense. I was thinking, shit, you do four? Yeah, I know. Like, like how many like, like, cigarette breaks do you want to have? <laughs> I was like, damn. You've got to get cold four times yeah, three yeah, times? Yeah. Amazing. No, that sounds dope. And before this, you did Wicked, right? Before this show, I was doing freelance and contract i did before that was actually at the uh, palladium pantomime which i loved oh sick god it was amazing karen bruce choreographed it uh-huh some amazing people I were like in karen. it she's cool yeah she's wicked right yeah. um amazing woman i loved her so much and my voice is so tired because <laughs> <laughs> i've been screaming at children seven, eight all day yeah um yeah but and then the like i mean a long contract what was that i don't even remember i think <laughs> it was on the town at regent's park open air theatre which is, was with Drew McConey I mean he uh -huh. one of my favourite choreographers and directors that I've ever worked with he's just amazing and um, what's it like doing open air work like oh it was so amazing is yeah it, it was so in the summer inside yeah you're outside it's I had an amazing opportunity in that in that show Drew um Drew gave me a little solo which I think is very rare to have in a show uh -huh. let alone you know um just like a whole dance to yourself and then I got to do a duet with do you know Mars Brown? Yes. Shout out Mars Brown. He's home at the moment. I know. Oh. I saw teaching tomorrow at base 7 yeah. till 8.30. <laughs> I was like, get it. <laughs> He's amazing. Um, we got to do a, a, a guy on guy duet and oh, it was like a part of the um, and it was just a very special moment. Very shocking. Uh, we, we had a kiss in it in this uh -huh. duet and um you would see because because in outside open air it was all light at the time. Mm -hmm. At the moment when I kissed him, I would see mums covering kids' eyes. I would no. see people leaving, and it was just really a massive eye opener. Uh -huh. But I thank Drew so much for putting that in because it just shows you that within like the kind of gay community, even in theatre where every everything should be, you know. You go to theatre, I don't know, I just think well, a lot of people that go to theatre should be very open-minded. Well, half the cast are gay normally. Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, three except quarters. For the, except for the odd few, but right, yeah. most of the time. So it was a massive eye-opener, actually, and it was. Um, I, I got really upset at one point. I used to get really nervous for that bit, simply because of what people are going to say. 
And uh, I guess if it's, it's not like when you're in a theater and like you don't really see the audience so much when you're in a theater because well, no, the yeah. lights are in your face and you know half the time you can just see blinding lights in the front two rows right. and then I guess shapes you don't yeah. get to see details so to see people's reactions so clearly yeah it but, was hard yeah I really bet uh, but I guess at the same time you probably also saw nice reactions oh amazing yeah do you know what I mean you it know. comes with both. And I think we got more, way more positive than negative. Yeah. And I think it meant a lot to you know the gay men watching and ev- no, not just the gay men. I think a lot of people were like, yes. Well, good, everyone that's accepting of it. Right. You know what I mean? And it was just a big eye opener. And I hope those people felt a little, I hope they felt uncomfortable. That was the point. Yeah. To be like, actually, you should be okay with this because 90% of this theater is okay with this right now and you're not. Yeah. So it was interesting. Shit. Yeah. How long did you do that? It was a short, th- it was short, it was only about two months of shows. But I guess uh, you, you could only do an outdoor one throughout the summer. <laughs> can, you mm. imagine, can you imagine doing it now? Yeah, I think we had four shows cancelled because of the rain. Oh, that's all? Three or four, yeah, which that's is great. That's good. Um, but, I mean, there were some shows that were boiling hot and the stage was, I think, metal and it was like, there were bits where you had to hold on the floor in like a yeah. song or whatever and you'd just be burning your hands. <laughs> like, like an egg sizzling. Yeah, like, like literally you could sizzle an egg on it. Yo, I could, an egg. I could never do that job. I'd be like, you'd have to, f- instead of doing makeup checks, I'd be like, fake tan, uh, sun cream, yeah. sun cream, not fake tan, yeah. that's my job now. Is it? <laughs> well, oh yeah, boys with dream boys, yeah. Fake tan all the time. I'd be like, sun cream, sun cream, I'm burning. Right. That'd kill me. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your journey. How did you get into performing? Okay, because I liked attention nice. from women. I know women, right? Wow. Uh, How yeah. ironic from that story to this. I know, <laughs> right? So I um I used to we used to go to this holiday resort year like every year and there was a little stage and I'd always get up, I'd have my arms in the air mm-hmm. and I'd shake my hips around in a circle and like this. Like that. That's yeah. my stripper dance. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and all the mums and the women just loved it. So I was like, This is great, I love this attention. So then I just went to my first dance class when I was like nine, I think. Uh-huh. Started quite late because I used to be a horse rider, really serious. Oh, I wanted, really? Yeah, I used to train every night. Um, what kind of horse riding? Showing. So it's not, people aren't too familiar with it. It's kind of like dressage. Uh-huh. It's not jumping. It's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. And um, I honestly remember like the first bit of my ever first like routine. I still remember the choreography. I just uh-huh. felt like I'm doing it for him right yeah. now, everyone. <laughs> Um, I just felt like, I just knew, I was like, this feels so good. And I was like, getting it and it yeah. felt, yeah, just something changed. I was like, yeah, I love this. Um, and then I went to theatre school. I went to the Sylvia Young Theatre School when I was 11, I think. Uh-huh. Um, which was amazing, going into London every day, like with all the businessmen on the train. I used to get the Seven Eleven train every morning. Um yeah, it was amazing. And then, yeah, I just loved it. I mean, getting into dancing, I just loved it. But I, I worked really hard because I started a little bit later. Yeah. I know girls start quite early, but... Mm. <coughs> Is my in-breath okay? You're very perfect. Are you sure? Yeah, I feel like 100%. I can hear myself in no, breathing you're fine in. No, you're fine So, yeah, I mean, I worked really hard. I mean, actually, my friends admitted when I first got to Sylvia's, everyone was like, what's he good at? He's not good at anything. Good I anything. thought I was really good at dancing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not. <laughs> and I just used to work really, really hard stretch. All, you know, I was obsessed with uh-huh. turns, with stretching, with taking class, going to pineapple. So I was like the 12-year-old boy in pineapple with professionals that would leave early to go do their show at The Lion King and all those yeah. things. So being around that at a young age really pushed me to like attri- achieve what I wanted yeah. to achieve. Um, what was it like at Sylvia's? What was like your schedule? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was academics, math, uh-huh. science, English. And then Thursday, Friday was like a college, dancing, singing, acting all day. So school was really like three days long, which yeah. was amazing. That's so dope. Yeah. And I bet, it, I, in fact, I can probably guarantee, I bet you did more work in those three days than most people did in five days of school because it's less intense. You're mm-hmm. less likely to be mm-hmm. bored because you go Thursday and Friday, I get to do the shit I like. Yeah, yeah. It, and they, but they would cram in the work. So it was yeah. a heavy workload. Um, I didn't actually get in originally. Uh, I wasn't clever enough. <laughs> Thanks, Sylvia. Thanks, Sylvia. But then um, I don't know. I don't know how this happened. But I think my mum just called, like by luck, and was like, "Is there any space?" Because I'd gone to secondary school. I'd done year seven, first term, uh-huh. at my school in Tunbridge Wells, like a completely normal school. Um, and my mum just called up one day and was like, "Is there any way?" And she said, "Actually, yeah. This guy's just left. Like, get him to come in to do an academic test again." 
see how he gets on. I passed by the skin of my teeth, uh-huh. quote by Sylvia Young. <laughs> and then I went in and that was it. I was off. Changed you forever. Oh, the best years of my life. Dope. It really was. It was uh-huh. better than college. <laughs> what would you do in those two days of performing arts? At Sylvia's. Yeah. So it was amazing. The training at Sylvia's was was so good. It was so... Um, we were treated like adults. Like, there was no messing around. Mm-hmm. We took it so seriously. The acting pieces we would do were so deep. Like, you know, we would do some really crazy stuff. For an 11-year-old. For like an 11-year-old, yeah. It was like we were doing work, you yeah. know, learning how to warm up. Like, the dancing at Sylvia's isn't the strongest part. It's the acting and singing. Uh-huh. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, it was like, it was incredible, like, the way they trained us yeah. to be professionals. Because there was also an agency, so people would go out and do a movie. Someone would be just doing Sound of Music in the West End. There would be, like, ten kids that would yeah. be in Sound of Music. And it really is a theatre school. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's not even, I mean, it will be training <coughs> you physically. But I guess it's training you mentally to understand how to cope with a full day's worth of training, which isn't math, science, and English. Do you mm. know what I mean? How to learn how to practice lines, right. learn how to go to a class and mm. sweat and work hard, mm-hmm. not just for an hour and evening like most kids go through. They're preparing you for more intense workloads at such right. a young age. So then I guess if you did do a job or the next phase you go on to, yeah. you're kind of already prepared to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where yeah. did you go from after Sylvia's? I went to Lanes. So oh, I sick. weirdly... <clears throat> I actually didn't audition for any other college, which I don't know whether that was the best idea. I was so desperate to go to Lanes. Um, Why? It was just, it was in my head. Me and one of my best mates, Tasha, she told me about Lanes. She took me to my first Lanes show to watch it. It was when Miles Brown was in it and mm-hmm. Charlie Bruce and yeah. these amazing dancers. And I just fell in love with like watching Barbara Evans' uh-huh. piece, iconic. And, um, I just was set on it. But I mean, I was so young. I was like 15 when mm-hmm. I got into lanes. So now looking back, I probably should have looked elsewhere just to have my options. But it was the first college I auditioned for, first college I got with, in with the scholarship. So I was like, okay, I'm done. Oh, yeah, go what it. I needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I went to lanes for three years. And what was that like? Oh, I got cramp. Oh, you got cramp in that leg. <laughs> um, nice lanes shoes. was funny, right? Because Sylvia's had prepared me to go out and work. That uh-huh. was like the kind of level I thought I was at. Yeah. I don't know whether I properly was. So uh, first year, I went right back to basics. And I really struggled at college because I was like, I've done all this before. This is boring. Yeah, I've yeah. been in pineapple where they're screaming at me to do five pirouettes. And everyone's being like, okay, just prep. No turns yet, guys. And I'm and like, are like, you having a joke? <laughs> what have I been wasting my time for? Yeah. Like, what am I, you know. Uh, and then second year all got a bit better. and But of course, life happens. And I went a little bit off the rails at college. Um, <clears throat> going to college at a young age, you know, living in a flat. You've just... It can be, where did you go? I, well, I went to, I did a year straight after school in Cardiff in Rubicon. Mm-hmm. And then I did two years in a place called Liberatus, which used to be in Swindon, where Ricky changed yeah. trained. Uh, I was like two years ahead of him. And then I got a scholarship to Millennium. Did you? And I, I left after six weeks. Because oh. I was just like, this ain't for me. This isn't for you. Like, did you have your own flat? I uh, lived with, I lived in Plumstead, Plumstead right. a.k.a. the ghetto. <gasps> oh. Like, proper scary, scary shit, yeah. yeah. I used to walk home after college and be like, I'm going to get killed. Yeah. Like, terrified. Oh, my God. But I wasn't 15. Do you know what I mean? I was, like, 18. Right. And Still, it's young. Yeah, well, it's young to be in Plumstead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I felt like and nothing wrong with it, but I was the only white kid on the street. And right. if I wasn't the only one, I was the only white kid that spoke English. Right. So I was very, like, out of my comfort zone. And I was just, like, eight, six, eight weeks in, I was just like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate this. I really injured my neck. In the summer holidays before it, I fused the vertebrae. So I was like, I'd always have to sit out of class because it would be aching. And I could never do ballet. It was always like you start the day with ballet and they had that rule that if you don't do ballet, you don't do anything else. And I was like, in ballet, it was the constant turns. Mm -hmm. Like trying to whip my head around Mm. would make my neck just inflame. Mm. And I'd be like, it's killing me. And they'd be like, well, if you can't finish your ballet class, then you don't get to do anything else. And Mm. I was like, but the other stuff I can do because it's not so much about spotting and turning, mm. do you know what I mean? It's contemporary, it's like more relaxed. And they just let me, they wouldn't let me sit in, so I was like, peace, I'm So where, yeah, where did you learn your, your amazing thing? Where did you learn how I to dance like you do then? I mean, I could always, I would say I always loved to dance. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I could. Mm. I wasn't skilled and technical, and I'm still not technical, but I have an understanding of technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from Liberatus. Right. Um, from Void. She's a 
genius. Mm. Evil, but genius. Mm-hmm. An evil genius to me. But no, I learned so much from her. And she shaped me a lot. She beat me down in college. Like, mm. grilled me for everything. Always picked on me. But I believe that's what made me kind of tough. So when I left Millennium, I just used to stand outside Pineapple and make friends with people and speak to Shaney. Mm. And they'd be like, what are you doing here? And I'd be like, I'm just looking. And they'd be like, you're not taking class. I'd be like, I can't afford it. And they'd be like, oh, can I help? And I'd be like, what if I press pause and stop for you? Playing pause on oh, the music and I take class for free. So like he, would, he said yes, like Carlos Neto, like oh, Dax. So I just kind of started taking class and then a year later started working. Yeah. You know I mean, so mine wasn't, I feel like I got more training in my own time but I was very fixated on what I wanted to do. Right. I knew that I wanted to dance for artists and I knew I wanted to dance on stages and stuff. I didn't want to do West End. I didn't want to act. I didn't want to sing. Mm-hmm. So all that training, not getting it, didn't bother me so much at the time. Of course. Do you know what I mean? So did you teach yourself the b-boy kind of tricks and things? Yeah, my, one of my best friends when I was younger, his name's Lee <coughs> Crowley, a.k.a. Recklessly. Shout out. Shout out, he bro. Was like, yeah, shout <laughs> out, bro. He's like one of the best b-boys in the UK. So when we were in Cardiff, he's from Wales too. Me, him, and Kyle Anthony, who you know. Oh, yeah, Kyle. So Kyle's my best friend from school. So we started dancing kind of together. Lee used to teach us breakdancing if we'd help him with street dancing. So it was kind of like trade-off kind of thing. So that's how I learned most stuff, do you know what I mean? Share, share your knowledge. Yeah, that's so cool. I mean, I think that networking thing that you did is amazing. That like if it wasn't for being able to just go out there and be like, I can't do anything. I need help. Can you help me? You just need to put yourself out there. Like it's scary, but that's exactly the right thing to do. It's just be around. I always uh-huh. say like, what's my one piece of advice to like a young dancer? I'm like, move to London or be close to London. Mm-hmm. So you're just around it. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing people. And I lived with David Ratcliffe. Yeah. Which was a huge help because he was friends with Cisco, BB, Sean Niles. So then I became friends by association, mm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was in Dance to Excess for a bit, but I wouldn't say I was their friends. I was just the kid at the back of the class that wasn't very good. Mm. But being friends with David kind of got me in their circle, so I would take their classes. And those three especially, when I first moved to London, were a massive help. Like, BB got me on Dance, Dancers Inc. agency. Like, mm. Cisco helped me a lot. They used to all give me free class because I was skint. They used to pay for me to go out clubbing with them because I was skint, do you oh, know what I mean? Sweet. So I could still be involved with the group. And I'm not going to lie, like, that was probably... Like, being talented was a part of it, but being friends with those people was a massive push ahead of all the other people which were talented because you automatically got looked at because you're in association. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That was a massive stepping stone for mine. Yeah, in the commercial world, I do think that it's... A hundred percent, especially because normally in the commercial world, in musical theatre and stuff, I guess, you're you're doing a job for a year. Mm. six months to a year to 18 months and commercially you're doing a job for like three days yeah you know what i mean yeah. so it was like sometimes they can take a risk they can go and well if he's with them yeah. it's going to be good it's only a six like three day risk if he doesn't pull through great yeah. we just don't use them again but also then they use people that they know because they can't risk sometimes having people because they can't risk a whole new group of dancers because what if they don't pick it up in three days yeah. i did a job for paul roberts once and um we had to learn something like eight numbers in like a day or two days mm-hmm. and it was such a big head fuck yeah. and it was really scary because you know it was a lot of work to pick up in in like two six hour rehearsals yeah and know? sometimes I find dancers they'll, they'll pick <coughs> it up they'll learn it but they mentally can't cope with the pressure of performing it mm. because it's a lot it's not even just your brain's capacity to learn it it's the stress and capacity to deal with the stress to go and then perform it mm. and to be able to go right I need to not think about this and just do it Mm. That's where I find most people struggle mm-hmm. is to actually deliver on what they've learned because you've learned it so fast. You don't get time to marinate. You don't get time for it to settle in your body. Right. And I guess that's the win with when you're doing long contracts like West End shows and stuff is normally your rehearsal period is quite a long time. Mm. And you do that one show for a, such a long time, it's in. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and for sure. But that's also the appeal. that That's what didn't appeal to me about West End because I never wanted to always do the same thing. Yeah. Now, as a 29-year-old, I'm like, give me that same shit every day. Oh, you want that now? Well, I've been doing Dream Boys for three years. It's a different oh, show I every... Didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a different show every year. Right. And we only do it three, four days a week. But The trial round? Yeah, different different place every show, mm. night after night. So that's what I enjoy about... Now I like the the comfort, comfortable side of it. Do right, you know I mean? yeah. I'm trying to reap the benefits of... I know this shit now I can play. And it's regular income as exactly. a dancer. 
And when you've been working a while, you could do some reg regular yeah. income in your life. When you've, hustled, <laughs> when you've hustled for like eight yeah, years. Yeah, you're tired <laughs> of that hustle. Oh my Seven, God. eight years when of I'm hustling. When I'm freelance, I don't sleep, I'm sure. I'm just a yes man to everything. Everything. And then it's like, can you teach tomorrow? What time? This time. Can you teach again tomorrow? This time. I'll make it work. Yeah, <laughs> I've got three castings that day, but I'll make it happen. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't know when the next check is after Oh, God, that, right? no. It's yeah, a killer. It's like exhausting. <laughs> yeah. So you, how old were you when you graduated Lanes? Uh, I just turned 19. Oh, very young to leave. I was young, yeah. Went straight on to a tour. Did Which, West Side Story. Straight out of college? Straight out. Did you get that from the college? I did, uh -huh. yes. Um, yeah, I played a character called Big Deal, one of the Jets, and had some cover roles. Amazing show. Oh, I loved it. I've I never mean, seen West Side Story. It's like a technical dancer's dream. It yeah. feels like it was like... Probably why I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I loved it. It was, a, it was an amazing contract. That's yeah. dope. And how long was that? I think it was a year. A year? Yeah, I think it was a year. Yeah, it was a year. Traveling? UK tour. I think it was two weeks per venue. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. That's I mean, no, nowhere for too long, but no, long yeah. enough to see everywhere. Mary Poppins was like longer stints in each place, which I actually preferred that because you could actually settle. Uh -huh. I find it quite unsettling. In Swan Lake, we did weekly UK tours, yeah. um, tour venues. Um, and I found it quite like, whoa, I don't know where I am. Yeah. You know, it'd take me a few days to adjust to the city. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm off now. And I go like literally dotted all over the country. Like, yeah. I wouldn't know where I was. The, don't you find the weirdest part about traveling is one day you're in like, Manchester or Birmingham or Liverpool, somewhere amazing and incredible, and then next day you're in like Grimsby. Oh, like you know me. From there, it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> in the name, in the name. Doesn't it? Smell Have you been to Grimsby? Yeah, we go twice a year, I think. Every Which year. Show? Yeah, it smells of fish. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's known for its fish. Is it? I think so. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but it just fucking smells. It's just like this place is. No offense to anyone in Grinsby, but damn, it's rough. And like, even <laughs> our audience there, they're, they're a lot, they're rowdy motherfuckers. Are they? Like, yeah, you know, you're like, you probably don't get many people with under 15, 20% body fat here very often. Mm, so you're I really bet. making the most of it. Do this. you feel pressure to have a good body in that show? Uh, not as much as I did <coughs> as when I wasn't in the show. Mm. When I was, aka, I'm always self employed, but when I was outside of the show, mm. the thought of having an audition the next morning. And turning up to an audition and then them saying, take your top off and them going, you don't look good enough, used to horrify me. Mm. And I remember getting told by Jerry Reeve when I first ever left college and I was hanging around with like BB and that when I first met him, he was like, you're a great dancer, but you need to work on your image. Mm. And I was like, and I knew straight away, do you know what I mean? I was like, I had bleached peroxide blonde, greasy hair. I was a bit, <laughs> I wasn't like fat, but I wasn't like, Thin. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you I, were like I looking liked, great. I liked food. Right. So I literally just remember going on a diet and being like, right, I'm not going to let that be a thing. So mm. I just did like Abripa X every night. And like, we used to have barbecues around my house. Um, and we'd invite everyone and I'd always cook the barbecues and they'd be like, Kane, what are you eating? And I'd be there like cucumber. Oh, how sad. Because <laughs> I was like, I need to lose weight. I need to book a job. Oh, no. And literally, yeah, for like a year, I was like, I did it all wrong. I didn't know anything about food and nutrition, but I just knew that I wasn't going to let it be something that stood in the way of me achieving what I want to achieve. It is part of it. Yeah. It's your body is your business. Your body is your and business. And you need to... Be looking your best, yeah. like all the time. It's pretty Nikki, exhausting. Nikki Wilk says a great thing to the students, and she said it to me when I first met her. She was like, uh, "Treat your body like it's a limousine. Mm -hmm. Like if you hi if you hired a limousine to go out on your party or for your wedding or whatever, and it turned up dirty, and your driver turned up dirty, would you use it? No. Treat your body like that. Mm. Like people are gonna hire you because you've got the best limo, you've got the be cleanest one, and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that's how you need to present your your body. And I'd mm. be like, oh yeah, fuck, you're right. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's the same thing. And that's always stuck with me, especially when I w wasn't in work. If I didn't know when the next job was, it'd be like I never wanted there to be a reason not to get a job. Right. I was already five foot eight, pale and ginger. I already had the stack stack odd stacks stacked against me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's already difficult. <coughs> I already stood out for different reasons right not the wrong reasons no, necessarily no, no. but different you don't bl i never blend in like you know what i mean especially like when i was in la i didn't blend in there yeah. was never people as pale as me there yeah i know <laughs> like, it's california yeah. yeah so you want all the i always wanted all the odds on my side but now i don't know i just feel like and maybe now because i'm more comfortable you know you get older you're more comfortable within your own skin right mm. you trust yourself more mm. you kind of accept who you are and 
what you can offer people. Mm. So I think it's an age thing. So I don't think it bothers me as much, but it's still a big part of it. I mm. still do go like, oh, I'm into the gym in two days. I need to get my fucking life together. Yeah, I feel like that as well. But I, I've recently, I've been finding the gym more of a, um, like just a moment for me and uh-huh. enjoying the process of getting and achieving those goals um, aesthetically rather than like wanting a quick fix. Yeah. Because it takes time. Yeah. And realistically, I'm not going to eat 12 eggs for breakfast to put on some muscle. Mm-hmm. I'm not. So it's going to take a t- lot more time mm-hmm. for me. But like mentally, I know that I feel so much better after I've done a workout. Yeah. Release them endorphins. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just so good. It's a form of self-care. It's yeah. really is like looking after yourself. Looking uh, after your body. Yeah. I try and tell people, don't train, don't go to the gym and exercise. Or well, no matter what exercise it is, it doesn't even need to be good to the gym. It can be going to a dance class. Don't do it because you hate yourself. You hate how you look. You, you know, you look at yourself and you're, in, you're disgusted with yourself. You're like, mm. I'm fat or whatever. Or you're ashamed. Do it because you love yourself. Mm. Go and do these things because, like you said, it's self-care. Mm. You love yourself, so treat yourself how you would treat your children or mm-hmm. you'd treat someone you care about. You'd give them the best. You'd give them every opportunity to make them succeed or feel good or look good. So you should surely do the same to yourself. 100%. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's missed out massively. I've had to do like nutrition talks with the first years yesterday here mm. and talk about food and exercise. And it was really interesting because I'd be like, who here eats breakfast in the morning? Like before you come to college and loads of them don't. And I'm like, who has lunch? And they'd be like, me, what'd you have? They named like a food. I'd be like, cool, that's like 500 calories. And then what'd you go home? What happened when you go home? Whatever, a pizza. Say that's a thousand calories. I'm like, that's 1500 calories for six hours worth of exercise. I was like, mm. your body's never gonna survive. Especially when you leave college, you're teaching it how to survive on no food. And then when you leave, you're going to do no exercise and probably eat more food. You're going to get fat. Mm. And they were like, mm. you could see like, mind blown. <coughs> I was like, Christmas, you're all going to get fat. <gasps> I was like, you need to think about like, you need to start feeding yourself to get through these days and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a massive lack within uh, like performing arts colleges. They're not educated on like nutrition, how to exercise, what I, good exercises. I didn't get, any of I that didn't get anything. I just got your fat. I used to, my teacher used to drive past me and shout, Shrek, run, like oh fat God. ass, run. You know what I mean? Oh I'd be like, God. okay, because I was the chubby one. She'd be like, you're eating sausage rolls. And I'd be like, in the face, like, yeah. Because <laughs> I loved it. Do you know what I mean? I didn't yeah. care then. I was in college. Yeah. I didn't yeah. need to look good. But I feel like that's a big factor that's missing. And I was trying to explain to him how it's going to help your performance and stuff like that. And yeah. the carry over to taking care of your body will make yeah. you perform better. Yeah, I mean, at college, I had no idea either. Like, I was very... Um, I mean, it's harder when, you know, I, I, I don't know about you. Well, yeah, actually, mm. I, I imagine the same. I had no money at college. No. So it was challenging. Or after college. <laughs> or, or after, for a bit. But of course, when you start earning money, you can start spending money on your food and your mm-hmm. protein shakes and things like that. So I do sympathize with college kids in a sense, but also broccoli's 70p, you know? Sweet potato is about 36 pence. Right, so you just gotta put in the legwork. You gotta be able to, you gotta be willing to cook. Gotta be willing to cut up some shit. Yeah, just plan your prep meals and just do it. And then you, if yeah, it's so important just to look your best. As soon Mm. as you've left, this is like, okay, this is, the college is like catapulting you into the air. Uh Are you, how are you gonna be? Like, you know. And all they're really giving you is the tools and the skills to, dance, sing, and act. Mm-hmm. You don't really get many other tools outside of that. You're not taught how to, like, I was never taught a preset until I did my first job. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because I guess when you're in college, most of the time people do it for you. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> they did for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember doing my first job and they'd be like, have you done your presets? And I was like, you what? They're like, your presets. And they'd be like, oh, no, I have no idea what you're on about. They'd be like, where's your props? Put them where you're gonna be able to grab them in time. And I'd be like, oh, that. Okay, mm. I'll figure that out now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we didn't have dresses. We didn't have stuff yeah. like that on my first job. So I just had no understanding of shit. Yeah. And I look like shit. But you do learn. <laughs> <laughs> and I was fat. And I was fat. Um, you do <laughs> learn like 50% of the thing. You can't actually learn at college. What you learn on a job. Yeah, what you learn on mm-hmm. a job. So you learn so much on your first well, few jobs. And that's why I started this podcast, to try <coughs> and give the people the information that they're not getting told mm. in a classroom. Because if you've got a classroom full of 20 people, you know, they don't all need the same advice. Mm. They all need different coaching in different ways mm. and stuff. So if one person, say a hundred people listen to this tomorrow and two of them learn from it, job done. Because exactly. we've communicated something in a way that they understand yeah. that they might have not got from a classroom of 20. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, I can remember some of the mistakes I did when I was in like my first few years. 
There was one time I was having a, a cup of tea in between re in rehearsals, and I think the director was just incredibly uptight. But I, I was sipping on my tea, and he just went nuts at me. <laughs> and then I think, oh, I remember once in Wicked, there was more of an actor singer in the show, uh -huh. so he was like more of a singer, and he was doing pose turns, and I was my second job, right? And I went up to him and was like, oh, you should lower that arm, and he was like, no, mm. and I was like. <gasps> I was only joking, and I was joking, but he was like, no, 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 I've been working for 15 years, come on. Like, he was sweet about it, yeah. but I was obviously not being serious, but, you know, you know. But at the same time, you were trying to help. I know. And if you know. I know, but also, <laughs> there is that hierarchy. You've got, it's not hierarchy, it's, but you just need to respect it's people a that have been working a long time. Oh, of course. And, well, and the same goes for respect people that haven't been working a long time. Do you know what I mean? And have patience with them, because you do learn. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. It's more like I'm trying to think. Like what I can kind of say is like it's more per like human interaction stuff. I mm -hmm. find rather than like dancing. Yeah. Um, or like singing or acting. It's like how to be a human being and, and a polite one rather mm -hmm. than that's what I felt like. Anyways, I was like learning just how to do life. Yeah. In how this industry, how to conduct yourself around. Sp specific people right. in certain places and when to act a certain way and not. Right, of course, you know I mean? yeah. You know, you don't want to say the wrong thing when the producer's in. No. Know, or anything like that. <laughs> I once cut my own hair in Wicked's on press night and I shaved a massive chunk out of my head on press night and I got in so much I trouble. I bet they were like, you're meant to, well, aren't you meant to tell them when you do shit? Yeah, well, they usually You're not allowed to change your appearance, right? No, you're not, no. Not to dye hair, anything. Because um, they hire you for the way you look. Exactly. That's why tattoos are always a bit taboo if you get a tattoo on a job. Yeah. Um, so I remember Carl used to like, we'd get lots of tattoos. And he'd, oh be, yeah, like, and he'd be like, oh, I don't know how they're going to go out. And then he'd be like, fuck it and do it. And I'd be like, ooh, you're brave. Yeah. To be fair, I got a, tattoo, a few tattoos on Wicked, but mm -hmm. always covered my costume. Did so. you enjoy Wicked? I did. Yeah. <coughs> a massive dream, that one. Mm -hmm. um, That's like my favorite West End show. Oh, it was. I just remember the first time I ever saw it when Adina Menzel came over from Broadway and it was like, uh, nothing I'd ever seen in my life before yeah. and I was like one day I've it was seen one of it that. six times have you? Mm -hmm. well, I saw Kyle quite a lot in it so I would have seen oh, you, you would have seen I would have seen you a lot yeah. in it but I didn't know you then so I was probably just looking at, I just kept looking for the monkey yeah. I'm like where's Chistery where's the monkey yeah. there he is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like look yeah it was a like, great it was, like, it was a dream a real big dream that I one. had um, uh, Sophie Evans on last week she was oh the Glinda she was Glinda yes I don't know her but I watched her she's yeah. brilliant I had her on last where week where did you podcast. record? In Cardiff, in her house. Oh. Yeah, she's well, she. Yes. So I went home, got the podcast with her, and I was like, oh, this is convenient. You're like 20 minutes from my mum. Come in. Yeah. So that was lovely. But no, she said great things about Wicked, too. I feel yeah. like everyone I know that's done Wicked has enjoyed it. Yeah. It's just such a tick uh, off the list, I think, for me anyway. Like, I just always, like I said, wanted to be yeah. in it. It's and it's one of the so longest fun. running shows, right? Yeah. I mean, in town at the moment, that's what, like, Lame is Lion King. Um, and then probably Wicked. I mean, yeah. I actually don't trust me on that. But it's no, definitely one of the top five. Definitely. I'm sure. No, I'm pretty sure it is. And probably Stomp's been there forever Is Stomp well. still there? I don't know. I, I don't think it is. Is it gone? I think so. Oh, I love Stomp. Oh, and there's like the Mouse Trap and the Woman in Black. Anyway. The Mouse Trap comes and goes, but that's right? a play. Yeah. So, musical-wise, yes. I think it is one of the what's, best. Uh, to do, what's on your to-do list? What's on your bucket list for the future? Oh, God, I don't even know. I don't know. I've, next year is going to be a real big um, real big test a year because I'm rarely doing freelance. And actually, I've just booked a tour for March, uh, for May, June. Mm -hmm. I can't talk. I'm not going to yeah, yeah. talk about it. Disclosure. It's very secretive. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully soon I'll be able to. Um, but I've already got like a contract, a small contract mm -hmm. in. But I do want to do a lot more freelance yeah. um, for at least a year or two. I don't know. Dreams of mine. I mean, I'm with a modeling agency, so I'm on their books as a talent. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not like, because um, I'm like five, nine and a bit. Um, I'm not a six foot two model. So, But for but photo. But for photos mean? and commercial, photos it doesn't matter so like much. Like if you look at your Instagram, you wouldn't know you're. Right, <laughs> thank you. So nine. low angles. You're very, lo very <laughs> lovely photos. Do you know what a dream of mine is? It's a very short-lived one, but I would love to be dancing on a Calvin Klein campaign. Sick. Like dancing. That's a, that like a billboard. Dope. Yeah. like. And I feel like Calvin Klein, like 
for, as a campaign for a dude, everyone looks at the Calvin Klein boxer shorts and goes, I want to be like that guy. Yeah, Do they're I mean? cool. They're I cool. Mean, like, they always look cool, handsome. They've got a good body. They right. dope underwear. Right. And then you're like, imagine if you could dance and do that. Two birds, one stone. Yeah, exactly. I think anything that involves like fashion and dancing, I would love mm -hmm. to get into that. I'd love to do movement direction for like really high-end high brands. Like, I'd love to get a top model and say okay, I can stand like this, move like this for like a Prada campaign mm -hmm. in Italy or something, yeah. you know, something like that. As opposed to being a choreographer, like moving direction. I don't direction. know. Yeah, I mean, choreography, I really love it. I love choreographing, but I don't know. I just don't, I, I'm open. This is the problem with me, right? It's because I have like these directions. I'm not like set on one thing. So mm -hmm. I'm not like, I have to do a tour with an artist. Mm -hmm. I would love to do a tour with an artist, but it's not like my ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot, which is quite challenging at times. It's challenging because it's like, where do you challenge your energy? But at the same time, I guess you're so open-minded that anything that comes along, you'll go, okay, right. let's learn something yeah. new. Let's yeah. try something new, which is great. Yeah. Actually saying that, I mean, if Celine Dion did a world tour and it was, like, she was looking for contemporary dancers, You'd that be would be pretty, like, epic. I watched Cher's tour a few weeks ago and there was two technical dancers on that, which really? were incredible. But they're American. Yeah. Two black, well, or Canadian, who knows, but somewhere from over the pond. Yeah. Two black guys and I was just like, but, like, it was and it was beautifully incorporated within the show as well. Amazing. And the one of them was an aerialist and he did an aerial duet with this girl and I was just like, Shit, like you're unreal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It was dope. Yeah. Which I feel like you don't really see much technical stuff on tours with artists. Not in the UK. No. Well not in general actually. Not really in general. Not I've never seen it like it's not 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 a very high level. Mm. You might see someone blagging something. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? To a to a sob song. Well yeah, I've not seen I've like, I, to be fair, I've not seen many tours anyway, but yeah. I mean, I know that Celine Dion has done some amazing contemporary shows mm -hmm. where, like, the dancers are just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Because I know Pink has quite a variety of <coughs> movement within her tours and stuff, but I don't think any of them are legit. Don't quote me on that. Mm. Like, I believe they're just commercial dancers who have other skills. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? I mean, um, that's what America, that's what's so amazing about them is that... These dancers can do everything. Well, they're taught, they're exposed to so much more than we are. Yeah, what is it about the training that is just so strong? I feel like what I found with America, well, my only experience is LA, but say we've got, for example, a hundred great dancers mm. out of a thousand dancers. They've got like a thousand great dancers. Out of 10,000. Out of 10,000 dancers. Yeah. So I just feel like they've got more options. I wouldn't so say they're lots better. I just think they've got more better people mm -hmm. so we go they're better than us mm. but that's just because there's a more of the higher caliber you know what i mean to be fair in com in the commercial world and i truly believe this i think london really hold their own but yeah. when it comes to technical london is not no, nowhere near we've got so much better in the past mm -hmm. five to ten years yeah but the americans are miles ahead mm. in the technique and but they spend so much more on it than we do yeah. Like if you think of all the conventions that happen out yeah. there, like there's so many conventions, like you can't even name them all. There are so <coughs> many and they're every weekend. Mm -hmm. They're in a different city every weekend. Like uh, I know as far as teachers, they make a living just off doing conventions every mm -hmm. weekend. They're going and getting three, four grand a weekend for doing a convention. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And that's like just a regular convention. God knows what someone like Brian would get or someone at really high caliber. But most of them are getting minimum, say, two grand for a weekend's convention. And they do that for a living. So it kind of shows how many students are going to these conventions mm. to be able to afford six teachers at that caliber. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And, I mean, I never saw that here growing up. Not once. No. You know what I mean? They are starting to do them, like the Can You Dance thing. The Can You Dance. And I think that's great. But even if you... That's only been the last two, three years. And that is young people as well. It's not older. No, right? young people. But I guess that they will be the older people right. in time to come. Because yeah. I guess the ones our age, the ones that we're talking about where we don't see as high a caliber of yeah. and the amount of them. Yeah. Yeah, for It'll sure. It'll be interesting. You should start a convention. <laughs> you think? <laughs> like I said, if I can't even hold my own bass <laughs> class, no. there's no, <laughs> no way I'm doing no. a fucking convention. <laughs> that's, always, that's always been my problem. Is like I, can, I like doing the teaching. I like performing. I love talking and teaching and doing all that but business side of things suck <laughs> you yeah, I, like, I can't organize tomorrow i know yeah i'd rather just get sent on a train thank you very much thank and you rather than much. like trying to sort out 10 teachers and pay them more than the studio than the people and all that shit yeah i agree um there's three other questions i need to ask you. oh yes yeah, shoot and then we can 
Say goodbye to everyone. I can rest my voice. You can rest yourself. <laughs> You've had a struggling day. I was up at 5.30. Fucking hell. Yeah. Well, thank you again. You've no, not through. at all. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm, um, I'm enjoying this. How did you end up on the front of the Attitude magazine? How? Wow. Okay, so I joined my modelling agency nearly a year ago uh -huh. um, in January 2019. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my sobriety has been, um, getting sober has been uh, quite a big story of mine um, and a story actually people have been quite interested in and incredibly supportive. Um I mean, I had my a fair few years of hell, which no one really knew about. Mm -hmm. I was very much um, functioning, but miserable inside, um, you know, using mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol. And then I got sober. Um, and then I don't actually know how the attitude thing came about, but I know that I knew that they wanted to focus on um, sobriety, mm -hmm. swan lake and sexuality. So it was like the three S's. <laughs> and it's funny because my name's SS. So yeah. I was like, this works really good. Um, yeah, so my agent just called me one day and was like, can we try and get you in, uh, get you to Portugal f to shoot for Attitude for the cover? And I like, okay, so whenever I get a job, I have one foot in and one foot out. Uh -huh. Like this job that I told you about next year, I don't know, I don't believe it's happening yet. You might think it's a bit pessimistic, but I've been promised so many things before in my career mm -hmm. that I believed some incredible things that never happened. So with Attitude, even when I got my flight details, even when I was on the plane, I knew I was shooting for the magazine. But, like, but how do you know it's going to be on the front? The cover, I was like, I don't believe that. I can't believe it. So then I, I got... I shot, and even the photographer, Jenny, amazing photographer, was like, this is the cover shot. This is what we're going to use for the cover. And I was like, they're not going to do it. Like, I yeah. know they're not. They'll change their mind. They're going to choose someone else. Like, They'll why Sam me? Smith, yeah, the other SS. Yeah, <laughs> he did do the cover, I think. Um, I'm not sure when, but anyway. Um, I was like, they're just not going to choose me. And then they actually posted, when they posted it on in, like Instagram, I was like, mm. oh, my God. Did that change your whole, like... Uh, I that guess was your like, social following and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, slightly. I, yeah. I gained a fair few followers, but it, it was more, what touched me more is the messages I got from people. Oh, dope. Yeah, because I had a slip up in my recovery, in my sobriety, where I, I went back out and I went back into a bit of a mess when I was on tour um, mm. with Swan Lake. I happened in March for about three weeks, and then I went back into sobriety. I'm now seven and a half months clean. Congrats. Thank you. And, um, you know, I love this life, I feel so focused. I can get up at 5.30 in the morning and mm -hmm. get to work and do six hours and then mm -hmm. do a podcast and then go home and eat. I can do it, I have the energy, uh -huh. which is amazing compared to where I was. It's just a different person and I love I love being sober, I really yeah. do. And um, yeah, I mean, the people I've uh, like helped, which was just amazing, the, the messages and the responses I get even to this day. When uh -huh. I was out in Tokyo, people would have the magazine and I'd sign it. It was just... It was so amazing. So amazing. I bet. Yeah. It's cool. And it's it's an important subject now as well, like mental health and stuff. Like I lost my brother three years ago to suicide. Oh god. And he was you he used him well he committed suicide. He found found cocaine in his system god. and alcohol and other things. And I think people go, Oh, it's just fun, it's just a night out and I don't think they realise the consequences of how addictive that can become and the effects it actually will have on you. And it might not be within that time of you doing it, mm -hmm. but it catches up, do you know what I mean? Oh, hundred percent. You know, um, it's always a risk, mm. but you take it once, you're fine, and then you're like, okay, I'm cool, I'll just yeah. keep going. And then it just, it's a very slippery slope and um, a very dangerous one. You know, I put myself in some really bad situations, and I'm so sorry to hear about your brother. Of no, no. That's, um, it breaks my heart. But um, I, I, I like people hearing the message because well, hopefully exactly. people learn from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I had a friend that passed away. Um, I've overdosed yeah. a few uh, about a month ago. That's very sorry. Very yeah, sorry it's fine. Sucks. I um I mean I hadn't seen him in a while, but still someone I knew, you know, mm -hmm. a friendship level. Yeah, it's um Philip Joel's doing some really good stuff on like mental health, especially for blokes at the moment for men. Amazing. Uh, it's called Applause for the Cause. Oh, right. Um, they had a uh, an event on Saturday that I was meant to speak at. I was meant to be on the panel, but I couldn't get to my show in time that evening. It was mm -hmm. in London. But for anyone listening, go and check out that because it is dope and they're aiming towards talking about mental health for men, especially within the arts. Is it just men that can go? Well, it's, not, it's, it's for everyone, but they're aiming it about men because obviously it's been a common thing in the arts over the past three years of mm -hmm. men taking their life. Mm -hmm. It's happened quite a few mm -hmm. times. So that's what they're kind of 
attacking. Good on him. That's amazing. It is very dope. Last two things. Yeah. What is your favorite thing about your life, about being a performer? About being a performer, yeah. specifically that. Well, your life is probably incredible because you're surrounded by incredible people and you're an incredible person. Thank but you. But what about performing? Is it what that, do I love that makes most? you love it so much? I have to think about this one. Okay, before that one, because we should probably finish on a high. What's the hardest thing? The hardest thing about performing is... Or having this performer's life that performer's you Performer's life, life that you it live. is so up and down. Mm -hmm. Dealing with... Um, Rejection on a daily, um, getting cut, all of those things. It's tough. It's really tough. Your body's your business. Therefore, you can't you can't afford to go and pig out all the time and put mm -hmm. on weight and not look your best. That's just the way it is. It mm -hmm. sucks. I love food. I love a Hagen Dazs salted caramel. Me too, mate. Literally switch to Halo. Low calorie. Yeah, but it's just I not know the same. it's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> I know, everyone goes, it's not the same. I like, I know, but it's almost. I'll just wait till my cheat day. But, yeah. you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And there's often, more often than not, you're not getting paid appropriately for, for your time and your art that you've worked so fucking mm -hmm. hard since the age of three, four, five, six. Mm -hmm. That age, you know, you've got to know your worth, but it's hard because you also need to make some money. So. Yeah, it's, I think that's a battle which... You know, as a dancer, you face, well, as a performer, you face quite a lot. I'm pretty sure you do in all aspects of performing where people go, know your worth, only do a job for this amount of money. And I'm fully on board with that. I couldn't agree more. But at the same time, what if you've got none? <laughs> like, right. And like, there's always someone like that needs that 200 pound feels like a lot of money when you've got none. Mm -hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mm -hmm. mean? It might be meant to be 350 or 250, but that little bit sounds like a lot when you've got none. Right. You know, it's a hard life. Isn't yeah. It? And there's always going to be someone that accepts it because someone needs that job. Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's a bit of a like, double-edged double -edged sword, really. It is. Yeah. No, I agree. That's hard. How, did you, how do you deal with rejection? I deal with it. I went to theatre school. I, I was mm -hmm. going into castings at the age of 11 and I cried. And then my mum mm -hmm. said, you're not going to get every job you go for. It's going to be 100 no's and one yes. Yeah, that's what I tell everyone. And you, I like if it's something I really want, I will allow myself an hour to be upset. Yeah. I'll call someone and rant, mm -hmm. rant, whatever you say. And then I'll have to just get over it. Mm. And I have got over every job that I've not got. But I can remember one of the worst ones that I really wanted was American in Paris, the original cast. Because it just fit so well with what I was doing. I was doing Mary Poppins. I would have had a week off. <laughs> and then I would have started rehearsals. And I got reserve, which I think is the worst thing ever. So oh. the reserve is if like someone drops out. There. Yeah, if someone drops out, then I would get to you're go good, in. You're good, but not as good as them. Right. And I was like, fuck that. Fucking reserved. I was so furious. <laughs> <laughs> I always give myself a day. Mm. So say I leave the casting and I say I got cut. Mm. I always go, okay, I'm, I'm going to be upset tonight. Let's not pretend I don't care because that's stupid, because mm. I do care. Mm. I love this more than anything. Mm. So allow yourself to have that emotional breakdown for the evening and wake up and tomorrow is done. And you've had your breakdown, it's all out, out your system mm. and carry on with life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Your favorite thing. My favorite thing about this industry is, it's amazing, like, first of all, I love what I do. So I love my job. I never feel like I'm earning, like making money. It just comes. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like it just comes in, comes to me because I love it. So I feel like mm -hmm. I'm like working for free, but the benefit is I'm getting paid. Does yeah, that yeah. make sense? Yeah. Um, I get to travel. Um, I get like some amazing opportunities come to me. Uh, so, which I'm so grateful for. And it, it feels like it, all the hard work pays off in the end. Yeah. All of the crying and all of this and that. And it's also, you got, you, it's a kind of exciting to not really know what you're going to do next. Um, mm -hmm. Although there's also, of course, there's a negative to it, but it's also like some of the best jobs I've ever done have come out of nowhere. I got yeah. a call being like, are you free to go to, you know, Poland in the next few days? Whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it's such a cool job. And, you know, you see, it's like a nice feeling to like watch TV, like with your family and you watch X Factor and they watch like on the daily and you're like, oh, there's my mate. You know, that's quite I cool. And you see, it, you see the industry in a different way. Yeah. You know, you'll see your friend on a, a Lloyd's Bank advert and yeah. you're like, oh, hello, you're Charlotte watching, or whoever. Yeah, you're watching TV and you go, oh, I know that person. Yeah. And all your family go, how? And you're like, oh. And you're just like not bothered though. You're yeah. like, oh, there's, there's thingy. Who's yeah. doing that show tonight? You know, I quite enjoy that about the industry. It's a very like, you know, I don't know. I think people admire dancers a lot. It's quite nice to be like 
admired. Yeah. Don't you find it funny though? Because I think everyone that doesn't know the world we live in, they go, "Oh my God, you're on X Factor. You must be rich." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Can I have your autograph? You could be famous one oh, day. Oh my God, you must make so. M- you're in a music video. <gasps> you, you must have got so much money. <laughs> you must have got so much money for that. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. If you think so. Yeah. <laughs> I got an Adley. If that helps. Yeah. <laughs> they did pay for my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much Mate, for coming thank on. you. Legend. It's, it's been a pleasure actually getting to know you. Yeah. Love it. Thank you for telling thank us your you. story. Thank you so I'd much. I'd love to have you on again sometime. I'd love and to. And have the best time in LA. Thank you, mate. Eat send me, Send me those brunch lists. Eat your life away. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank you, dude. Thanks. Bye.